With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime on a Thursday night. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. As always, remember that you can check out more Cowboys content over at adcsports.com slash Dallas. And tonight, we will close out the week looking back at what was the 2023 Dallas Cowboys offseason. Because obviously, we're getting excited about what's ahead for Dallas. And we're going to get into training camp. We're going to get into all of the previews. I think that on Sunday, at least, that's my goal. I promise that I will do everything that I can to achieve this. Because uh, I always push it back and push it back. But I want to do another 53-man roster projection. I wanted to do that after minicamp was over. But, you know... I, I, I kind of put it in the back burner and forgot about it. So I want to take on that task this weekend and have it ready for you on Sunday night. And the reason why I'm telling you this is that that way I will force myself to actually have it ready for Sunday night. But anyways, welcome everyone into the show. Before we dive into all of the training camp preview stuff and uh, training camp coverage, man, it was a busy Cowboys offseason. A lot, a lot has happened over the last few months, and I wanted to recap it. I wanted to kind of get a, I don't want to say state of the nation because it feels like, you know, and a little bit overall, but I want to look at the decisions that were made this offseason and rank them from best to worst. So what is up, everyone? We've got Danny. We've got Katharina, Gregory, Toxic in the show. Apologies, by the way, for the late start. I was watching Barbie. That's why I'm wearing pink. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, tell me in the chat, tell me in the chat, what was the best move that the Cowboys made or the session, move or the session that the Cowboys made this offseason? What was your favorite part of the offseason? What did you like most as a Cowboys fan? Let me know in the chat because we're going to divide this show into three categories. We're going to look at the best of the offseason. We're going to look at the meh of the offseason, and there's a very gray area in there. And then we're going to get into the worst, the things that we did not like. Let's see what you guys have to say. The best of the offseason, Toxic Tom says, firing Karen Moore. <laughs> there you go. Uh, signing Gilly. Big says Gilly and Cooks. Mark Aaron says, Barbie, uh, no, you were doing ADC Steelers. No, sir. No, sir. Letting go of Kellen and grabbing Gilly, says CT Maddenhead, Massa Smith for Gregory. I like that we're getting some varied answers in here. Massa Smith getting a shout out. Gilly Locks, Stephen White. Katharina says that they got Cooks and Gilmore. 
Bruce says, one cool thing, Mo is living in a Barbie world, I guess. Not gonna lie, that movie was pretty good. That was pretty good. I read Tyron got hurt packing for camp, says Danny Savage. Oh, come on. You're gonna start on a Thursday night? You're gonna, man. Mark Aaron's is signing Cooks. Thank you to Bill. Thank you for tuning in to the show. I appreciate you, sir. No more Kellen Moore for Regina. All right, let's get to it. Here is my number one. I'm going to rank them from one to 10. And in the first category, we have several things here. But at number one, I'm going to go with trading for Brandon Cooks. I want to break the Brandon Cooks and the Stephon Gilmore trades into two. So I thought it would have been cheating to put them in the same uh, slide here. But I'm going to go with trading for Brandon Cooks. And I'm going to go with that because... Even with the Mike McCarthy taking over Kellen Moore thing that we will bring up in this show, I really think that the Cowboys are in a place in which it's really about those missing pieces. And I think that somebody like Brandon Cooks can be that for an offense that already had a lot of good things going for it. And looking back even beyond 2022, we've gone over this a thousand times. Kellen Moore, yes, he had to go because of several issues, especially in hindsight. You look at it and you go, okay, another season of the same probably would not have played out great for the Cowboys. However, again, we've gone over this a thousand times, but there was some good in there. That's why the Cowboys were one of the best offenses in DVOA for a long time. That's why in points per game, they were also a very good unit. And in yards per game and all of that. So... I think that the Brandon Cooks addition is really what can take the current Cowboys to that next level, especially because I look back at the 2022 offense and one of the things that consistently frustrates me and all of Cowboys Nation, I think, is that at times it was almost as if CeeDee Lamb was the only worthwhile wide receiver that Dak Prescott could look at. And that was super evident in the playoff loss to the San Francisco 49ers, where as soon as CeeDee Lamp was eliminated by the 49ers defense with double coverage and all of that and match defense, etc., the Cowboys offense halted completely. So I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks. I'm going to go uh, with Brandon Cooks. I think that he can provide that new dimension to the offense. And that's why it's my number one move here. Uh, let's see here. I heard memes is signing with the Lions as Mark Aaron. Oh, yeah, quick update because that's how we ended the show last night, talking about uh, the brand, the Denzel memes reports. He has been traded to the Lions. Yes, sir. And it was a conditional seventh pick that if he doesn't make the roster, that's that's the condition, right? He, he has to make the 53-man roster. Toxic Thompson's got to disagree, Mo. Now we're not going to make Cooks run just curl or mirror routes. And that is fair. That is fair. I will explain why Mike McCarthy taking over the offense is in a lower point here in my ranking. I will get to that. Ines says, yes, I agree. I agree with getting Cooks. Danny says, I still get nightmares about curl routes. Masi, we need a defensive tackle. We needed a defensive tackle. So yeah, Brandon Cooks adding some speed to the offense. I think another weapon for Dak Prescott to me was super significant and the number one thing this offseason. Number two, 
It's a player's league. I'm sorry. Trading for Stephon Gilmore. I really think I love X's and O's, but it's mostly about Jimmy St. Joe's a lot of the time. And man, if the Cowboys had not traded for Stephon Gilmore, the Cowboys would have been in a very uncomfortable spot looking back on it. Like you would have to be comfortable basically with, with what you got right now. Because maybe the Cowboys would have forced a cornerback pick during the NFL draft. But even if you had forced it in the first round, late round, late first round players are not as NFL ready as sometimes we make them out to be. So I think the trading for Stephon Gilmore had to be number two because the Cowboys secondary is pretty good. But man, you were about to walk into a very dangerous spot with, and I'm not saying that Anthony Brown was super good or anything like that, but you were losing Anthony Brown. You had had a revolving door of cornerbacks late in the season where you tried out Kelvin Joseph, didn't work, enter Trayvon Mullen, enter somebody else, have uh, Israel Mukwamu walk into the cornerback room and the rotation, and it was a mess towards the end of the season. Mukwamu played very well, nothing against him. You guys know that here in prime time, we love Izzy Mukwamu, but I really think that we, I don't think we are underestimating how good of a player Stephon Gilmore can be for the Cowboys. But I do think we might underestimate what the alternate scenario was. And cornerback would have been a one of the biggest concerns for the Cowboys had they not gotten the former defensive player of the year, that is Stephon Gilmore. And we might see the best group of cornerbacks that Dan Queen has had in Dallas. And that is very, very exciting. Let's see here. Number three, though. Number three, and we're still going to be in the best category here. This is perhaps the most underrated one that I think we as a fan base have this late in the offseason. But at number three, I have re-signing safety Donovan Wilson. Because, man, Donovan Wilson, for a moment... We didn't know if he was going to stay. And he might be one of the most underrated Cowboys with Malik Hooker and maybe even with Jaron Kears. But I feel like we've talked a lot about Jaron Kears since he was a very surprising breakout type player when he arrived. So re-signing Donovan Wilson for me, give him to me at number three. I think that was one of the best moves in the offseason. And you got to appreciate it. You got to appreciate it. Uh, Donovan Wilson, though, is also not a one-man show or anything like that. It also, in turn, means that Dan Quinn is going to keep together that unit of three safeties that has been so special for the Cowboys at this point, right, over the last couple of years. Because, yes, a lot of defenses use three safety sets, but keeping Dono was not a given because the Cowboys had just paid you know, Jaron Kears the year prior, it was not a given at all. And they surprised us in a very good way by re-signing him and bringing him for another year. Let's see what you guys have to say, though. Wilson is a stud, Mo, says Mark Aaron. Gregory says, I love this one. Stefan Gilmore is still cold, says Bruce got the toxic use. Lance says, I love Dono. <laughs> Mark Aaron, shout out to you, sir. And shout out to... uh Bruce as well. I appreciate you guys. 
Fike says, Mo, I've been a huge fan since 2014, and a good safety contract is like a leprechaun. Yep. And I feel like that's what they got with Dono and Jaron and even Malik Hooker. Like the Cowboys have that group of safeties on their very solid contracts and fair values. Coming in at number four, though, Pollard being the number one guy at running back, making that decision that went hand in hand of franchise tagging Tony Pollard, which we talked about it when it happened. I know there's this huge discourse against running backs right now in the NFL, not necessarily discourse, just like a very negative running back market for them. But beyond that, what, what we said when that happened, right? When, what we said when that happened was the franchise tag is not necessarily bad, even with all of the declining running back market, because it's a one-year commitment. You are not really tying yourself to him for a five-year deal or a six-year deal or something like that. But making that decision to franchise tag Pollard while getting rid of Ezekiel Elliott. And no, no, it isn't that, Regina. Because Regina says, that's so original. Another sick hater. This is not hating on sick. Primetime is a show where we can sit down and we can have objective conversations about players and the Cowboys, even though we root for them and even though they're our team. I'm not hating on sick, but I'm saying... You looked at the contract and you look at the Tony Pollard situation, whether or not you were tagging him. And even before it happened, one of the big offseason predictions here on primetime was, yes, they're going to actually do it. They're going to cut Seek because the numbers just didn't add up. Had you kept Seek, it really would have been a situation in which you were straight up forcing it. And it was nice. I mean, it was sad and, and actually... I even said it when it happened. It was a sad bit of news when, when he was cut from a player fan point of view, right? But it was the right one. And when the team can make those kind of cold decisions, it's good for the team. And what the Cowboys did was they kept the most explosive running back in the team. And yes, they had to let go of Ezekiel Elliott Honestly, it was time though. So having made that decision and not having been more passive at the position and just let go of Pollard while keeping Seek, yes, I think it was a good move for the Cowboys. And I think it is, and I think it is one that will ultimately play out well for them. Number five, and this is where we get into the meh territory. This is pretty ambiguous, I know, but let I, I will explain case by case. Number five, McCarthy's takeover of the offense. Let me know in the chat, would you have this higher, lower, or exactly at number five? Let me know. And just for context, it's 10 decisions that we are ranking tonight on the show. Uh, but let me explain to you why I have it so low, even though I am very excited about what McCarthy could bring to the table in several... Uh, aspects of the offense i have it this low because i was very close to having put it at number four or number three even 
could see why somebody would put it at number one, right? It's a fresh offense. You can bet on the X's and O's to be significantly better, even though we won't know until we know. The reason why I have it so low, it's because while I've learned to appreciate this decision, because at first I, I wasn't too sure what to make of it since I really like what, I really liked the numbers that Kellen Moore had brought to the table. And I knew that there were some, some problems in the playoffs, etc. But I also, and I still am aware that that bar is high. Like the McCarthy takeover will matter until really until we get into January, right? In the sense that we've seen this offense be successful in the regular season, but can they remain so late in the year? in the playoffs, which is what Kellen Moore had not been able to do. But my point here of having it so low is I'm just not exactly sure that it will play out well. We still need to watch it. There are some question marks. I mean, how the tenure ended for Mike McCarthy in Green Bay. And I'm not saying that it was all his fault because it wasn't. But there's a question mark in there. Is the offense going to be very fresh. Is the, Are the Cowboys really going to take that insight from the analytics department that they've been building and that's at six members right now? Or is it going to be more of a stale offense, the ones that we saw late in his regime over in Green Bay? That's why it's so low, just because of the risk of it not playing out the way the Cowboys want it to. As opposed to I believe at least that Brandon Cooks is going to be a great player. Stephon Gilmore is going to be a great player. Donovan Wilson, too. I think that Pollard will already, already know what he is. Yes, there, are, there is a question mark there because of the ankle injury, but we still know that he's a pretty good player. And we know that losing sick in the grand scope of things will not really hurt the Cowboys. Do you want another running back? Do you want better depth? Maybe, but it won't hurt the Cowboys in a big, big way. So that's why I have it at number five, not knocking it at all. Just didn't want to put it higher than the players, which I believe, honestly, are one of the big differences of this year's team. Jimmy's and Joes. Remember, Jimmy's and Joes. This, off, this NFL is all about Jimmy's and Joes. Toxic says this is number one. It's the first time that we had a head coach pick their own staff since Bill Purcells. Katharina says I would have it higher. Lance says lower. Charlene Evans goes with lower. Gregory says Dan Queen should be higher. I got to admit something here. I didn't, I didn't include Dan Queen coming back in this list. I wanted to, and I probably should have now that I... I'm thinking on it as we speak. But that felt more like a Dan Quinn decision more than a Cowboys decision. Maybe last year that was not the case because he did receive that extension and we know that he got paid too. I'm not entirely sure if this year though was the Cowboys decision as opposed to Dan Quinn's decision. So that's why we won't be having the Dan Quinn return on tonight's show. But that, that would have been a good one. Let's see here. I'm just glad Kellen Moore is gone. Toxic says, in the playoffs, talent is not enough, and that is fair. Mark says, if you ask this last year, the answer would have been drafting Blant. Yep, on hindsight. Yeah. Yeah, Dan Quinn coming back is a good point. I'm comfortable with not including it just because of what I said. 
Anyways, number number five, McCarthy's take over. Let's get to number six, ladies and gentlemen. Drafting Masi Smith. I didn't want to get too deep into the draft stuff because, I mean, you just don't know, right? I didn't want to, how could I say it, taint this list with saying something like, oh, the steal that the Cowboys got in the fifth round. Because I wanted to go with the most tangible things. And I believe Masi is fair because I do see him and the Cowboys themselves said it as an immediate impact player. And you have that audio from Will McClay in the war room making the pick of taking Masi Smith over an offensive tackle because they thought that Masi was a day one contributor. He said he's an immediate starter for us. So keeping that in mind, yes, I am adding Masi Smith at number six, only so low on the list because the other players are established, NFL veterans, etc. So there is some risk to being a rookie. We don't know if he will be the starter week one. But Masi Smith, when it plays out, when he is playing, he has the potential to not light up the stat sheet, but really maximize what you've got in Micah, what you've got in Sam Williams, in Marcus Lawrence, in everyone around the defensive line. And not only that, but it goes beyond that. Because we talk about how he can manipulate pass protections and how he can draw attention to himself and eat gaps while he generates one-on-one opportunities for his teammates. But also for the uh, running game, the Cowboys are going to be more willing to play with light boxes, to play the run with light boxes, because they could have a dominant run defender right in the middle of the line, and that will be Massey Smith. Last year, we went over these numbers a few weeks ago. I think that over a month ago at this point. But we went over some numbers that revealed that the Cowboys were better, more efficient as a defense when they played from a light box than when they did it with a loaded box. The problem is they did the latter much more times, like many more times, sorry. They ran... Uh, defensive looks with heavy boxes most of the time. Having somebody like Moss Smith can change that dynamic a little bit. And you can see more light boxes, which in turns means you can see more quarters coverage, which means a better pass defense overall because you're taking those explosive plays away. Moss Smith is really about the domino effect that he can have on the entire defense. So that's why he's so high on this list. I think that he is high. Uh, number seven, number seven in the list. Oh man, my dog. Hey, hey, don't do it. Hey, sh- oh, my dog is wrecking chaos right now backstage. Uh, damn, I don't know what he ate, but he ate something. All right, he can do him, he, he, he can do that. Number seven, Leighton Van Der Esch, number eight million dollars. Uh, excuse me, number eight million dollars, the eight million dollars deal. This is just about keeping LVE on the team and how the Cowboys still have a need at linebacker, but at least they got great value on who is really a starter for your defense. Is he going to show up in the top 10 of the position? No. Is he going to be one of the best Cowboys players? No, sir. 
but for four million per year and you get a starter yeah i think he should be on the list for sure let's see what you guys have to say though about masi i'm sorry my dog distracted me there for a moment uh toxic is celebrating about his o's man I, i'm not enjoying baseball a lot this year you guys know why masi says masi plug and play two down player but we have enough team speed i want two one techs on field a lot of my two cents oh i i i could see two one techs more of i mean basically one text but i would see them more toward a two technique kind of like a head up over the guard or two eye as they call it which is basically the same i would love this danny i think that this goes hand in hand with what we were talking about uh regarding playing quarters defense and everything because that way if you had two players like that they can play one gap and a half instead of just one gap or having no tackle playing two gaps and you have a better run defense with fewer defensive uh front players no james no he did not do that don't worry james is asking if my dad if my dog excuse me got busy no he didn't he, he ate something i don't know what he ate that's what frustrates me but eh he can do he can do his thing i don't mind Kifika says i just want to shout you out mo for doing this show in your second language you're so good at conveying nuance in spite of it all P. Ficus, thank you so much. That means the world to me. Because sometimes you can second guess yourself in these scenarios and you make one mistake and it kind of becomes a thing where you start overthinking while you're doing the show. When I first started this show, I thought that I struggled more often, even though I still, like, I, haven't, I have not studied more English or anything like that. I've studied English all my life. It has always been my favorite topic in school since like I was in kindergarten. This is real story, but a real story. But when I started talking in a show for ADC Sports, that was a challenge. I like to think it's gotten better. So I appreciate your comment for sure. Uh, anyways, Leighton Vanderich and his $8 million contract, keeping him around for such a good value to me is good enough to rank at number seven, which is not a very high rank, but it's still not in the worst category. And speaking of, we have one more before we get there, but Tyron, keeping Tyron Smith, similar situation. If you had not done that, then you would have gotten into a very, very thin situation at offensive tackle. But the Cowboys played it out perfectly, man, because they had... They have the best of both worlds, right? They lowered the cap hit for Tyron Smith, but they also gave him the opportunity to earn back that money. So if things don't go right with Tyron Smith, the Cowboys are going to be covered. It's not going to derail the season or anything like that from a financial standpoint. They're also not as committed to him for the future. It wasn't like they handed him a three-year extension or anything of the sort, not even a one-year extension. They just reworked how the deal looks like and now the Cowboys get to keep Tyron Smith and if they need him and if he is a starter for the team then he's going to win back all of that money that he lost so honestly it just felt like a win 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 situation I had to include it so there you go Tyron Smith at number eight thank you to Mark Aaron for your comment I appreciate you man um Danny says real quick 
Jabril Cox and Overshone are starting inside linebacker. Oh, there you go. I still see... No, I, I still see LVE and Clark right now as a favorite. But it goes to show just how rocky the situation is at linebacker. Toxic says, Mo, you speak better English than most of the United States. Oh, man. There you go. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, Gregory says, I have noticed that you stopped wearing your Steelers apparel. Lesson learned. <laughs> says Gregory. Man, I'm not kidding. Sometimes I'm wearing something like on my regular life, right? And then right before I go live, it's like, oh, no. This is the wrong shade of green. Or this is the wrong shade of red. Or this is too yellow. They're going to say that I'm a stealer. You know, everything that looks like a rival team, I tried not to wear. Uh, I thought about not wearing pink, but I'm proud of having seen Barbie already. I can, I, I, I can brag about it. It was a very good movie. And I also kind of like wearing pink. Mark Aaron says, real men can wear pink. Yes, sir. Everyone can wear pink. Pink is awesome. Underrated color. <laughs> but yeah, every time I'm like, hmm, is this color affiliated with any NFL team out there? Or is there anything that they can use against me? It's kind of like our mind games that you guys don't know about. <laughs> Anyways, uh, number nine, and we have two more just before we get out of here. Number nine, losing Dalton Schultz. And hear me out. Hear me out. When it happened, we were all on the same page. Dalton Schultz, yeah, he's good, but he's not that great. Dalton Schultz probably does not deserve to be one of the highest paid tight ends in the league. We were all on the same page. But I'm going to say something, and I might get criticized for it, but I don't care. It has not aged well for the Cowboys. Because that tight end free agency market that we went through did not pay tight ends big time money. Dalton Schultz signed for $6.25 million with some incentives that can push up that value a little bit. But as of right now, he is the 21st highest paid tight end in the league. He is 21st in the league. The Cowboys should have kept him for that. I strongly believe that. Sure, you've got Jake Ferguson. You've got Luke Schoonmaker. They're both young. They're promising. You've got a solid group of tight ends. The Cowboys should be able to survive with that. But you're kind of hoping that one of those two guys is Dalton Schultz. Like, you're not hoping Schoonmaker becomes Travis Kelsey. You're not hoping that Jake Ferguson becomes George Kittle or Mark Andrews, you want them to be basically what Dalton Schultz was in previous years. So I got to say, I think that the Dalton Schultz decision has not aged very well for the Cowboys. I'm not knocking them for it because we really kind of didn't know that it was going to be such a disappointing tight end market this year. But yeah, I think that we have not really looked back at it objectively and gone hey man maybe maybe they were not super correct about what happened with Dalton Schultz now I get 
a lot of these comments, by the way, because let me see some of your comments right here. Uh, by Felicia, Schultz replaced, says Lance Bell. Danny says Schultz never should have been tagged. Uh, rather have Ferguson, says Cam. Catherine says, Mo, I don't think that Schultz was that good. I like this Cooney pick, says uh, Mark Aaron. There are some other comments that we can get into just in a little bit, but let me say something to those responses. This is what I would reply. You didn't have to guarantee him the starting role. Like, had you signed him for $6.25 million, if Ferguson ended up being the better tight end, then you gave the playing time to, to Jake Ferguson or to Luke's Kuhnmaker. Like, that isn't money that keeps you from playing the backup. That isn't money that implements, as uh, some people call it, depth chart politics, right? It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been like that, or at least wouldn't have to have been like that. So, yeah, I think that sometimes we kind of ignore that Dalton Schultz got paid very little and that the Cowboys could have signed him. They really could have. Philip says, let me say something. We also have to find out just my big time Ferguson may or may not step up, says Philip. Like, it's a risk. You you're, are, as a team, are gambling a little bit at the tight end position. And that's not necessarily bad because Jake Ferguson did show some very promising traits. What he did after the catch was very cool. And not only numbers-wise, but we saw him pull off that Duke in Philadelphia. We saw him hurdle over that Giants defender as well. We saw him do a lot of stuff. And Luke Schoonmaker is a better athlete, at least on paper, than Jake Ferguson is. So you can have something at tight end, but I'm going to say that it might not play out. It, it might not age great for the Cowboys, is what I'm saying. Uh, even if it works out for the, with the tight ends. Levi says, I'm turned about letting Schultz go. He was good, but the injuries worried me. And that is fair. That is very fair. That's a very good comment about the injuries. I agree. And number 10, the worst. Actually, let me open it up to the chat before we get into the worst. Let me know in the chat, what did you like the least about this Cowboys offseason? Before I give you my answer, let me know in the chat. Talking is making fun of my Nickelback taste. Nickelback is only hated on because 9gag.com told you to when 9gag was famous. That's just... That's just my take. There you go. What was the least, your least favorite part about the offseason? I will give you mine in a moment. But before we do that, do me a favor and hit the like button. Share the stream. Remember that every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. Let's see. Katharina says, letting Seek go. Toxic Tom says, no Ryan Null signing. Did not trade uh, grade up offensive lines, says Danny. Not re-signing any big names, says Pificus. The O-line. Pificus is on to me, man. The Jerry remains the owner. My number 10, and the thing that I like the least about this offseason is precisely what was mentioned by Pificus in the comments. No big deals. This can still change. You know, we training camp going. The players are going to be there. The owners are going to be there. 
they're all are going to sit down and talk things over. But I would have liked to see one or two proactive extensions by now. I was pretty sure that Dak Prescott was going to get extended this summer. It has not happened. I hoped that the Cowboys took care of C.D. Lamp. It has not happened. At least they will take care of Trevon Diggs is what I thought. Nope, they have not done that. So right now, the Cowboys told us that deals could happen overnight. They told us that they were very open to extending many of these contracts. Jerry Jones says it takes two to tango, and sure, it does. But no one wants tango. I don't know if this is once more the Cowboys just playing hard to get or anything like that. But hey, I would have thought that there was going to be at least one big extension in place before training camp has not been the case. It can still change. Again, training camp is long. Negotiations can pick up with everyone together. We could still get at least one of these deals done before the season starts. But I would have liked to see a little bit more urgency to the whole thing. Anyways. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on the show. Do me a favor, hit the like button. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you, and I really like uh, doing this show every single night. It is honestly just as fun for me to put it together than when I enjoy shows and then when I hope you guys enjoy prime time. So I really appreciate you. It's very fun. It's therapeutic also to talk about the Cowboys every single night. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. And I will see you on Sunday, hopefully, with a 53-man roster projection. And if I don't have it for you, if I don't have that projection, you guys can reprimand me in the chat. You can let me have it. I need to have that 53-man roster projection for you on Sunday. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Nos vemos. El domingo, tengan un buen fin de semana. Bye, bye.